1: On Friday 25th of February. Two days before Liverpool take on Chelsea. In the League Cup final at Wembley. 4.30 on Saturday afternoon. It should be a good one. As things stand. Liverpool have a doubt over Diogo Jota. And Bobby Firmino looks unlikely to be fit enough. To even take a place on the bench. You would expect that... Much of the team is the strongest 11. So Trent, Matip, Virgil and Robertson at the back. I think there was and probably is a case for Kanate as a, a better defender than Matip. But Matip's ability to progress the ball and not being any sort of slouch defensively probably gives him the edge. He got that goal in midweek. Hopefully he can recapture the form he showed earlier in the season because he had had a little bit of a wobble but i assume Joel will start we know Quevin Kelleher will start in goal over Allison so there's a lot of reasons to want Allison for this game but Jurgen has decided that Kelleher is the man to go with because he has helped us get here he has earned the right to start in midfield it will be Fabinho Thiago plus one those two have to be in the midfield they are the midfield and the other one is interchangeable. If it was been picked on Merit, Jordan Henderson would not start. But in all likelihood, he will start. Despite his largely dreadful season, he likely will start. And all we can hope for is that he puts in a good performance. That's all he can do is put in a good performance and hope that it's enough. Up front, with the Jota injury, with the Firmino injury, it's almost certainly going to be Salah, Mane, Diaz, with hopefully Jota as an option off the bench. We'll also have Naby Keita and Harvey Elliott as options off the bench who can come on and be game changers. And then Kanate, Costas, Allison, if needed, and whoever else makes out the matchday squad. Curtis Jones, obviously, in we shout Joe Gomez, obviously, will be in consideration. James Millery, you'd expect him to be there. It's a strong team. It should be enough. Chelsea, likely to be without Rhys James. He is back in training. It would be a big ask for him to come back after what's about three months out and start in a cup final on that big pitch at Wembley. Callum Hudson-Odoi is a doubt. Hakim Ziyech is a doubt. Mateo Kovacic is a doubt. Mason Mount is a doubt. And Ben Chilwell is ruled out. So no matter what, we're going to be closer to our best 11 than they are. And even if certain players for them play, such as Kovacic, Mount, et cetera, they're not going to be at 100%. So again, that gives us a bit of an advantage. We've played them twice in the league. We drew 1-1 at Anfield. They went one up. Then James got sent off and we got a penalty and equalised. And then they parked the bus. And in the second half, that's basically all they did was park the bus, sit in really deep and invite us to break them down. And unfortunately, we weren't capable on the day, but we didn't have Thiago. We didn't have Luis Diaz at the time. And Mane was struggling a bit. So we're a better team now. Robert was also not playing all that well at the start. So I I would expect we'll be a lot better than that. When we played them at Stamford Bridge, we obviously went 2-0 up, and then the midfield fell apart. Milderson in full effect. But Milderson won't start together. One of them may start. The other definitely won't. You'd have to imagine or you'd hope. And we should be absolutely fine. We were missing a number of players due to COVID at the time. And... You would hope that we will be better at holding on to a lead should we get 2-0 up. Let's just be polite and say it like that. We've had a number of occasions this season where we've thrown away leads. That seems to have gone away with Fabinho and Thiago now back in the team and much greater control of games. So you'd expect that if we can get in front, we can press home that advantage. As they start to open up, we'll be very dangerous on the counter-attack. I look forward to seeing them attempting to defend Sala, Mane and Diaz on that big pitch with Rudiger, Silva and whoever else it is that starts in the three, potentially Aspilicueta. If they start at four, I think we carve them open. But if they start at three, Aspilicueta, Christensen maybe, or perhaps Chalaba. And I don't fancy any of their chances against any of our three. So it should be exciting. It really should be exciting. And we have the best player in the league on our side in Mo Salah. And that is a big, big factor. And Mo has gone ninth in the all-time Liverpool goal-scoring chart. His two goals against Leeds took him above Harry Chambers' Into nine the hundred and fifty two goals in two hundred and thirty four games, Michael Owen scored two hundred and sorry scored one hundred and fifty eight goals in two hundred and ninety seven games sixty three more games for six more goals, and Michael Owen was a striker. Just consider that for a second. Michael Owen was a striker. And Mo is scoring at a vastly superior rate to him. He will pass Michael Owen this season. You would expect, given that Salah so far this season, across all competitions, has 27 goals in 31 games, we have 12 left in the Premier League, Sunday is 13, at least one more in the FA Cup, though he may not play that game against Norwich. We have Inter. We'll almost certainly have two more in the Champions League. We have at least 16, 17 more games this, at least 17 more games this season. You'd expect that Mo will get to somewhere around 37, 38 goals on the year. So that's another 10-11 goals. That takes him above Michael Owen. And let's just say it's 10. Let's say 10 more goals between now and the end of the season. That'll send him into next season with 162, go- uh, 162 goals scored. Realistic targets for him to pass next season. Kenny Dalglish on 172. Fowler on 183. And Gerrard on 186. So by the end of next season, Mo Salah, in all likelihood, barring injury, will be number five on the all-time scoring list for the club. It would only take him, if he gets 10 more this season, 25 goals next season, to pass Gerrard. And that will be 1-8-7. And his contract will be up. Now, the hope is that he will sign a new contract this summer. A four-year extension to keep him at the club till he's 35 years of age. And let's be conservative and say that he continues to average 25 goals a season. Now, thus far, he's averaging over 30 goals a season with Liverpool. But let's just say as he goes into his 30s, that drops to 25. That would get him at the end of that contract to 287 goals, which would put him second all time behind Ian Rush, ahead of Roger Hunt. And that's being conservative at 25 goals. There's no reason he couldn't average 30 goals a season. For the next five years after this one. 30 next season. 30 each of the years after that. If he did that. Well all of a sudden. He's sitting. 24 goals behind Ian Rush. At 35 years of age. You think we wouldn't sign him up for another year. At that point. You think he couldn't get. 25 goals then if Cristiano can do it. And again, you look at what Cristiano has been able to do after the age of 30, and it's spectacular. And Salah does a lot more than he does in open play, which is why he won't get the goal tallies, plus he doesn't play in a powder-puff league like La Liga, where defending is is optional. But Cristiano turned 35 midway through the 14-15 season, Scored over 20 goals between his birthday and the end of the season. The next three seasons with Real, 51, 42, 44. Then he went to Juventus, 28, 37, 36. Like, if he's able to do that, there's absolutely no reason Salah can't do 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, and 25. There's just no reason he couldn't do it. I've said this before. I will continue to say it. If he gets this contract, he will worry Ian Rush atop the all-time scorers list. He will challenge that record. He is good enough to do that. Myself, Jim Boardman and Trev on the most recent episode of Raw were talking about Salah. Myself and Jim agreed. We think he's only entering his peak. Most players at, at this age are finishing their peak. I think he is getting better and better. I think he may be entering his peak years. And when you look at what Cristiano has been able to do in his 30s, there is a precedent for this. And Salah takes exceptional care of his body. He's always fit. There's no reason he can't do similar not to the extent of scoring 50 and 60 goals or even 40 goals a season, but 30, 35 even, not out of the realms of possibility. If he was to average 35 across the next five seasons, well, that's 175 goals. Have I got that right? I think I've got that right. It is is right, 175 after this season. That would put him realistically within about 15 of Ian Rush at the end of that four-year contract. Sign him up one more year. He breaks the record. He goes off on a high at at 36. James Milner's in the team. Not in the team, but in the squad now. 36 years of age. A fraction of the talent that Salah has. And... We're constantly told what great care he takes himself. Well, Salah takes just as good a care. Look at Salah. Take a look at him. He's notorious for his gym sessions. If Mo Salah gets his four-year contract, it will be one of the best investments FSG ever make in this football club. Because he will reward them with goals galore and with big trophies galore. Because he's that level of player. It is time to start putting him into that discussion as an all-timer. When a guy is averaging 30 goals a season, and it'll be more than 30, by the end of this season, it'll be about 33 goals a season he'll be averaging across five years at Liverpool. It is time to open up the doors and put him in the conversation of all-time great Premier League players with... Thierry Henry, with Alan Shearer, with Aguero, with Rooney, with whoever you want it is time to put Salah in that conversation it really is time to put him there you take a look at Thierry Henry and obviously I I believe Henry is the best player or the greatest player of the Premier League era, I think Suarez is the best player who played in the Premier League given what he did in the league. What he did in the league, to me, was more impressive than what Cristiano did in the league. But you look at Henri, and he spent eight years at Arsenal, 226 goals. So he averaged about 27, 28 a season. About 28 a season. Salah is outperforming that. And I believe will continue to outperform that. Henry's last season, of course, was cut short by injury. He was averaging over 30 goals a season before that, but still. I don't see any reason Mo Salah's not in a conversation with Thierry Henry, that he's not in a conversation with Alan Shearer, that he's not in a conversation with whoever you want to put in as the greatest player of the Premier League era. And if he stays next season and the four after, I don't even think it's going to be a conversation anymore. Now, sure, you can look at Shearer and say 260 Premier League goals. That's an incredible return, and it absolutely is. But Salah, by the end of this season, will be somewhere in the region of 120, 122. If he was to do another five years there's there's real reason to believe he can get close to Shearer as well as the all-time Premier League scorer. That's how special this guy is. Like, he scored 19 in the 1920 season, and that's a down year for him in the Premier League. 32-22, 19-22. And who knows, he may go on an absolute tear between now and the end of the season. He could push 30 again. 27 in all competitions this season, 31 last year, 23 this season. Before that, again, that's the down year, 27-44. It is bananas what he's able to do. And how many games he plays, 52, 52, 48, 51, 31 this season. He'll probably get close enough to 50 this season. If we go all the way in all the competitions, he will hit 50. I just don't understand any argument against keeping him. And it's not just Cristiano. He's not the only example of a guy doing this in their 30s. Have a look at what Karim Benzema's been able to do. The last four seasons, three and two-thirds seasons, 30 and 53, 27 forty-eight, thirty 48, 30 and 56, 25 and 30 this year, Part of that has been freed of the burden of Cristiano. Part of that is he's just a great player. And it hasn't made a difference that he's into his 30s now. It really hasn't. Take a look at Luis Suarez and what Suarez has been able to do in his 30s. And again, your eyes just open up because we know how great he was at his best. Do we realize how good he still is? Does do people realise how good Luis Suarez still is? Twenty-five and forty-nine, twenty-one and thirty-six, twenty-one and thirty-eight, and he never had the pace of Salah. League titles galore Suarez has won in his thirties. Have a look at Robert Lewandowski. Widely seen as the best number nine in the world the last few years. He's 33 and he's about to hit 40 goals for what will be the fourth season of his 30s. So take a look at Lewandowski in that 18 19 season 40 and 47, then 55 and 47, 48 in 40, 39 and 32 this season. Like players turning 30, especially ones as gifted at putting the ball in the net, as this collection of gentlemen, including Mo Salah, do not have the sharp decline that we had always come to expect from players entering their 30s, because of how well they look after themselves. It's just not as much of a thing anymore. You don't need to worry about all of a sudden Mo Salah will fall off a cliff and not be able to be relied on anymore. Like, even take a look at, I don't know, like, Edin Jacko. He's continued to score goals at a decent rate in his 30s. Have a look at Chiro Immobile. You know, he turned 30 in February of 2020. He scored. I believe it was 15 goals between then and the end of that season. Last season, he got 25 and 41. This season, he is 24 and 30. And he's not nearly as good as Salah. He's a very good player, but he's not nearly as good as Salah. Salah will look after himself. And he will be in a team with great players. He's not going to have the burden of having to carry everything. He's going to have Alisson. He's going to have Trent. He'll have Virgil. He'll have Robbo. He'll have Fabinho. For the next few years, at least, he'll have Thiago. He'll have Luis Diaz. He'll have Jota. There's lots of good players going to be around him. Harvey Elliott's going to develop into something I think that's going to be real special. We'll all keep our fingers crossed that the club can do madness and get us Jude Bellingham in 2023. But The point is, Salah is not going to have to carry a burden. He's going to be able to transition in a couple of years into being more of a poacher. I mean, there's a a world in which Mo Mo Salah is our nine permanently in a couple of seasons. And he's just banging in 25, 30 goals a season from penalties and tap-ins. Cristiano is a shell of himself. And he's got 15 goals this season at 37 from penalties and tap-ins. You think Salah can't do what he does? Of course he can. Whatever happens, Salah has got to get that contract. And I have a theory. It's a working theory. I think I've mentioned this before. I believe, and it, it may be just wishful thinking, I think the contract is agreed. I do. I think the contract is agreed. I think they're waiting for Milner to leave in the summer. Now, I know that Romano, the spoofer, the shameless spoofer, has said that an extension has been offered to Milner. I don't believe that it has. Not one reputable journalist has said that it has been. Just the Milli Vanilli of sports media has said that. I think they're waiting for Milner's salary to drop off the wage bill, and then they announced the Salah deal. Because the difference between what Salah is on now, about 200 grand a week, and what he apparently wants, about 350 grand a week, is the 150 grand a week James Milner currently takes home. So it makes sense to let Milner bounce out of the club and give that money basically to Salah. Then your wage bill isn't going up. And as I've said before, you're not breaking the wage structure at all because your structure is still there. What you're doing is you're raising the wage ceiling at the club. And then you're saying to players, such as a Jude Bellingham in 2023, look, you come to us, you earn 120 grand a week. You do well after two years, we're going to raise that to 200 grand a week. You do really well after four to five years that can go to 350. That's the progression here. You earn it, but you'll get it. And that becomes a selling point for us. We don't have to be going out and doing what United do and offering dancing Frenchmen 350 grand a week off the jump. We don't have to do that. We won't ever reward players with 300 grand a week because they've threatened to leave and go to City or Arsenal like United did with the current Derby County manager, or like they've done with the current goalkeeper that they have, or like they'll likely have to do when slabhead Maguire threatens to go, I don't know, back to Greece and get himself arrested again. Who knows? We can be smart about this, and we will be smart about this, but the smart thing we can do is give Mo Salah his contract. Go out and win a cup on Sunday. And then give the man his contract, even if it doesn't kick in till the summer. Just make sure that's agreed. I hope it already is. But, you know, just to be sure, to be sure. I will see you all on Monday, hopefully, to celebrate Liverpool as the 2022 EFL slash Carabao Cup winners. Take care of yourselves. Have a good weekend. If you're going to the game, be careful. Enjoy yourselves. And remember, if you see Gags Tandon, don't let him into the stadium. The man is a jinx. He's not to be trusted. He's three and four in finals. He's a jinx. Keep him outside. Take care. of
0: We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show.